Welcome into AWA Unleashed. We are the self-proclaimed number one podcast and video stream dedicated to the American Wrestling Association. I say it, but after this weekend, I've heard other people say it. So it's not just ego talking, it's fact, and it's because of you guys. So seriously, thank you, you guys, so much uh, for allowing us to be a part of your, you know, podcast streaming, part of your rotation, uh, whatever. Great weekend this weekend. Um, you know, we're just, we're still living off the high of, of Waterloo. So that being said, I want to bring in my friend, Mick Karch, and I'm glad to call you a friend, but there's somebody else I, I have to throw it to, Wally Carbo. Wally Carbo, what is going on? Something seems off. Wally Carbo, what is going on? George Shire has been suspended for this week. There was a fist fight in Denver, Colorado. Shire got into it with some guy, Clay Pat O'Connor, was the first champion. Shire hit him with a left hook. He was pulled out of the building, and I had to suspend him for a week. But Shire will, will be back, and Pat O'Connor was not the AWA heavyweight champ, <laughs> champion of the world. Wow. Well, that that being I'll said, yeah. Well, thank you, Wally. Well, that being said, it looks like it's just going to be two of us this me- this week, Mick. So, what what are we going to do? We what are, are we gonna, gonna, what are we, what are we going to do this week? No, we're putting you over, pal, because you had your first excursion to the Dan Gable Museum, the George Tragos Luthes Hall of Fame, the professional wrestling wing in Waterloo, Iowa, for the, the annual July uh, Confab, the Hall of Fame event. And I know you were like a kid in the candy store. Uh, so we want to talk all about that, some of the experiences, some of the guys you met. We're going to talk about how we got our podcast put over big time uh, down there in Waterloo. So let's get going here. First of all, explain to the viewers, there's there's the uh, the museum in downtown Waterloo, Right near Doey Joey's. Mm, yes. Pizza uh-huh. spelled P-E-E-T-Z. I, I told my daughter, I'm like, we went to this place called Doey Joey's. And it sounds like it would be like a male strip club for chubby people, but it's really not. <laughs> if, I, if I was a stripper, they would totally be, hire me at a place called Doey Joey's. If you were a stripper, I would not be doing this podcast. <laughs> but let's get back to your experience. First yeah. of all, i got to tell everybody how this actually came about uh, in the first place. Yeah, it was something that we had kind of been throwing about, just you and me and, and George. And uh, I think, you know, we kind of been you know talking, hey, it'd be kind of cool if we actually went to Waterloo. I'm like, well, you know, with my, with my full-time job, I didn't know if it would be possible. So I was looking at the schedule with, you know, all my other coworkers. And I'm like, okay, I think I can make it work. So I put in the request for the time off. And, and, and then I told you, and you're like, great, let's do it. We talked to George and, and the plan was for the three of us to go down together. So it, it was not just supposed to be you and I, but, you know, things came up, real life happens again. We love the podcast, but, but at the end of the day, it's, it's a podcast. It, it's something that we do for shits and giggles. We do it for fun. We enjoy it. But George had some things that came up in his real life and, you know, real life that took priority. And, and you know, we're not going to get into that. But he had to stay behind. And I think it was a wise choice. 
So you and I just decided, you know what? We're going to go down. And we were joined by one of our listeners. Uh, Jim came down with us. And we were like, let's do it. So we set up all the accommodations, talked to Troy, talked to Chad, and uh, we did it. Now, I know you and I on the way down talked about other conventions of this type. And I, I won't even say of this type because this is an entity by itself. Right. But I know you have gone to other wrestling fan gatherings mm-hmm. in the past. So in comparison to those, what was this experience like? It was more intimate. Um, it was more casual because the, the main one that I'm the main, the main one that I've gone to is WrestleCon. And that might be the most popular one. I, I know the Conrad Thompson, you know, they've got Starcast, and, and that's great. I'd love to go to that. But the main one has been WrestleCon. And to me, it's it's huge. It's like a two, three-day event where a lot of meet and greets, a lot of events going on. But the thing is, when you're there, Mick, you feel like you're just kind of in and out, in and out. And you're you're just a number, right? It's like autographs, pictures, boom. Autographs, pictures, boom. There really wasn't any of that personal interaction that you get. And it had a same feel to it, but at the same time, I didn't feel like it was as formal as you would with a lot of these meet and greets. Because, I mean, you know, these big fan conventions, you might have a 100 talents in there. And, I mean, you could spend a whole day there. But here it was just – it was the same thing just on a much smaller scale. And for me, it was it, it was kind of nice. I, I like the WrestleCons. I appreciate all the work that goes into it. But you really don't get the you don't really feel like you're a part of something like I did when we were in Waterloo. That that's a great assessment. And what I would say to your point too, Chris, as far as the intimacy, when you go through the other conventions, and again you're herded in kind of like sheep, and we're not denigrating them. I mean, I, I no, got, not at all. No, you know they they are what they are. I and mm-hmm. and uh, they're enjoyable. People love them. They get up yeah. close and personal with their with their stars, but. In this case, in Waterloo, whether we're talking about Bob Roop or we're talking about, you know, Colt Cabana, whoever it might be, you've got that one-on-one time. Somehow or other, unless your line is going out the door like it was for Trish Stratus, uh, you have an opportunity to kind of schmooze with the with the wrestling stars and, and laugh and joke with them yeah. in a small setting. And to me, that's that's the real appeal of this place. Yeah, and I'm going to bring up a couple pictures here, Mick, because you mentioned one guy, and I'm—he doesn't need to be put over, but I'm going to put him over anyway. Uh, your friend Colt Cabana, oh. because you know, if you've ever seen a Colt Cabana, I'm going to show one picture here, and it's not going to make any sense, but that is from 2015. That is WrestleMania 31 in San Jose, and that's me with uh, my friend Ryan on the left, Jerry Colt in the middle, uh, my buddy Nate, and then me. We saw Colt at a uh, at it was like a breakfast meet and greet. He's like, "Hey guys, give the give the camera person the finger." So we're like, "All right, you know, just for giggles, we did it. Had a good time." So we did that, and then when you and I, because you'd known him since your Steel Domain days, I'm like, "Hey, you know, Colt, can I get a couple pictures?" I'm like, "The first one, can I can I, you know, do this because I'm like it it means something to me." And wouldn't you know that I asked him for the same picture? And there it is right there. 
And for me, it's it's that interaction. And I know I'm sorry if you're offended by the picture, but to me, it's like 2022 to 2015. He could not have been he could not have been nicer. And we did take another fun picture, but it was that kind of interaction. and, And absolutely. You talk about a guy that gets it. I've never seen a Colt Cabana match that I haven't seen. And and I got to tell you one story here. And uh, hopefully, you know, you guys will indulge me with this. I think it was back in 2016, you know, the the WrestleCon as part of the WrestleCon Super Show. And it was their big show. And and Colt was working this guy, Jake, the man scout Manning. And if anybody's ever seen him, he's just a grown man who has a, a Boy Scout gimmick. Hilarious. And he's got these really short shorts. And I was telling Colt the story. And I think you were standing right there. Yeah. And and I think it started to resonate as I told him the story. I'm like, this, you might not remember this, but this is something that I it, it just it it just exemplifies the sort of guy that Colt Cabana is. That um we were sitting ringside and he was working with Jake Manning and he was wearing these really short shorts. I mean, you could have seen twig and berries. Like it was terrible. So we're sitting there. We're like, he wears short shorts. He wears short shorts. And Colt looks at us. We're like, he wears short shorts. Colt's like, who wears short shorts? He wears short shorts. And as I was telling him that story, Colt immediately jumped in on us and he, as I was telling him that story, I think he it, it like jogged his memory because he just started nodding his head and, and laughing. And to me, that's the sort of interaction to tie it back together. You don't get that if you don't have uninterrupted time with him. And maybe it was the Mick Karch factor that you knew him, but it, it's the ability to connect to these guys and tell them that, hey, I remember you just a few years ago, and it's still one of my favorite memories. And that to me was just one of the the memories. So I'm sorry if I got a, long, a little long winded with the story, but it's that's one of the highlights of the weekend for me. Well, you know, and and Colt Cabana, we're not going to make this the Colt Cabana project, you know, project. Oh no, no, no! But I'm telling you, someday we're going to get him on our show, even though he's a big shot. He's got his own podcast, you know, blah blah blah. Uh, but Colt Cabana, it, it's funny. Colt kind of has his detractors because of the the humor that he interjects in his matches. But mm-hmm. I'll tell you what. I would rather watch a Colt Cabana match, one match, than 15 matches on television with some of the stuff that's out there. So it was great to see him. He's always accommodating. And then, you know, you go beyond that. You talk about my old buddy, John Nord. Oh, my uh, God. Oh, Nord oh. the Barbarian. What I just this John Nord thing was another one of the highlights of my weekend because we are, we're getting into the elevator. Right. And well, you tell the story because I mean, you, you, you were the one that started it. And I was just, I was floored by the whole thing. We get into an elevator at the hotel and, and I'm looking and and I see a guy and it's not John Nord. Mm-hmm. I see somebody that's with him. Um, and there's a Nord the Barbarian t-shirt. So I kind of fixate on that. And I was going to tell the guy, hey, I love that shirt. Well, simultaneously, as I'm looking, I hear, Amy Karsh. And I look up and Nord the Barbarian. And there's and there's John. And I hadn't, you know, me with my great eyesight, the guy's six foot five and, you know, 280 pounds. And I didn't see him, but I saw the t-shirt just to his left. Yeah. Um, but John Nord, 
Uh, I've been friends with John for a long, long time, and we are going to have him on this show. Oh, I can't, I can't, I can't wait. I, I cannot wait. When you had that interaction and it was just, it was so cool, Mick, to see like, because I told you going in, I, I made it perfectly clear. I don't know anybody and, and you, you've been there, you know, a lot of these people, I'm going to be your puppy dog. I, I'm going to be your hanger on, you know, it's, I'm, I'm going to be the, I'm going to be the guy that's like, I'm, I'm, I'm Nick's, I'm Nick's friend. I'm, I'm with, I'm with Nick. I'm with him, him. You're him after this weekend. You're you're him. But the the whole John North, it was it was hilarious. Just the interaction that you guys had, and, and there's one story, <laughs> the story that he told us well, about the leapfrog. I, I'm not going to say it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because he'll uh, oh, tell that on this show. Oh, um, it's. It, so, I mean, yeah. I uh, yeah. It was just you know just running into somebody like that was just so hilarious. And, and I got to tell you, there he could, he is. Yep, he could not have been nicer or more complimentary to you or to us. And it's not the fact that they were talking about the podcast. It, it's again, it's Mick. It was a genuine friendship yeah. between you two. And I see all of those people. I'm like, they're just, it's just like a big get together. And, and that just absolutely was astonishing to me. But yeah, the, John, I, I was a John Nord fan before, but after meeting him this weekend, you guys, I'm telling you, that is going to be, can't miss, cannot miss when John, I don't know when it's going to happen, but we've been in, we've been in contact and we're going to make it happen. So oh, we, we, I, we I sure are. It. And he Love didn't it. slam anybody through a windshield. He did not yeah. try and sell me a car, by the way. No, I and uh, if you do, just just make sure you make your payments. Yeah, no cars, no windshields, yeah. you know, nothing like that. And as far as you know, making payments, that's something that's totally foreign to me. But <laughs> you know, we, uh, you know, so many other people that we saw. I mentioned Bob Roop earlier on, and of course yeah. our friend Rock Riddle. And you know, they they used to say about Nick Bachwinkle, ask him what time it is, and he'll tell you how to build a watch. But with Rock Riddle. I'm telling you, th this guy, the, the experience, there he is. Mm -hmm. There's you and the old rock star. Somebody, right. said, somebody said, is that Joe Biden? And I said, no, actually, that's that's Rock Riddle. But uh, <laughs> Rock is is something else again. And uh, he told he's a hoot. A he's a hoot. Oh, a lot great of great stories. But at any rate, I mean, so many people to meet. And I and I know the experience for you, Chris, was great. Uh, I've been down there. God, I don't know several times to Waterloo and yeah, I've been doing this for how many years. So if you're an old guy and you hang around long enough, you make these connections. And uh, I can't say enough thing about uh, enough good things about so many people down there. Mm -hmm. uh, part of the weekend that I want to ask you about was the impact pro wrestling show. And uh, Troy Peterson, Chad Olson, I, they work so hard all year long, and Troy, mm -hmm. of course, promotes a lot of shows for yes. Impact Wrestling. It's always part of this weekend. And another great, great show. Some of your favorites were on the card, so talk about that a little bit, the actual wrestling aspect of it. I, I thought I thought it was great. I, I know that we're talking old-school wrestling, but again, I, I, I will say, again, that wrestling today, I don't think it's worse it's different. And, and we saw it because I feel like the training is different. You see that the way that the performers 
they go in and you know, their body language is different. Their, their, their moveset is different. And you know what? That's okay because everything is in, in life is an evolution. Whether or not we want to accept it, it is an evolution. And I thought the, the performer, you could tell that they were working really hard. And, and I mean, they, there's some really, really good talents that they've got in, um, in, in impact pro wrestling down there. I mean, I was absolutely blown away. And one of my favorites that showed up unannounced was Mike Bennett. Yes. And I, I and you know me, I, I legitimately popped for Mike Bennett because if you know Mike Bennett's story, it's not just the fact that he's a great wrestler, but the story of Mick, I believe in cheering for good people. Yeah. And, and, and Mike Bennett has gone through addiction. You know, he's gone through substance abuse and he's come out the other side. And I like Mike Bennett, the wrestler. I love Mike Bennett, the man, Mike Bennett, the husband, Mike Bennett, the, the father, um, and he stands for all of the right things yeah. in life. And, and that's why anytime you get a chance to see him and to have him a part of this weekend, I can only imagine, no pun intended, the impact that he had with the people in the back. Because you get to see somebody who's been at the top. I mean, he's still a part of impact, you know, based out of what, Nashville or something now uh, with Scott Demore. So I think it's great. I, I loved it. And the whole card, like, I mean, what I love too is the crowd there. You had a, a young lady that was making her debut. Yeah. You're going to be a little nervous. You're going to have some missteps. The crowd was very forgiving. Like the crowd there was so respectful of, of the wrestlers. And sometimes that's hard to find. You, you have fans that go there and they want to be a part of the show. Hey, you've not done. You've not. It's people are going to make mistakes People are going to do things good. People are going to do things bad. But I felt like the whole crowd and, and it was like the whole environment was just very positive. And I really enjoyed that. I really, really enjoyed it. You know, to that point uh, about the crowd, I will say this about modern day wrestling crowds. As you said, especially the crowds that you see on television, mm -hmm. they want to be part of the show. They want to hold up the signs. They want to chant. They want to point out very loudly uh, when somebody has made a mistake, this crowd in Waterloo, it's a small town. Yes. There were people in from out of town. Yes. But mm -hmm. they loved wrestling. They didn't yes. have to be a part of the show. They were cheering on the athletes. Some of them, some of the athletes looked like they were really fledglings in the business. Mm -hmm. They needed that encouragement. And this crowd, you know, they talk about an easy crowd. You know, you pop for a side headlock. That was yeah. kind of what was going on. And that is so refreshing in this day and age. And, mm -hmm. and so many great talents on the card. Uh, James Jeffries, of course, just a, he is such a great, great talent. Fantastic. He absolutely is. I, I love James. He's always so nice and so cordial. And his wife is a sweetheart. It was just a great experience. And I wanted to point out about Mike Bennett, something, you know, a guy you talked about and Colt Cabana. And again, maybe this is just the environment. It's the show. It's whatever it is. But both wrestlers. Colt Cabana and Mike Bennett made it a point to publicly put over their opponents, thanking yes. them. 
These are young guys that are getting started in the business and they're giving them the encouragement and they're telling the crowd two years from now, five years from now, this mm -hmm. guy is going to be a star. And I think, you know, they didn't have to do it. You know, nobody twisted their arm to give these guys the rub, the compliment, but they did it. So I thought the whole show was just great. And, you know, the whole the whole experience about that was uh, very, pro very, very professional. Yeah, very refreshing to have. Let's talk about what we did uh, in terms of the, the podcast uh, symposium. That mm -hmm. was really the, the main reason that we went down this time was because Troy Peterson said, we'd love to have you guys be a part of this roundtable discussion mm -hmm. about modern day pro wrestling podcasts. We were treated like gold. The, the fan response was great. Talk a little bit about yeah. that. We, the first time that I talked to Troy and I introduced myself to him, I was like, hey, you know, this is who I am. Obviously, I dropped Mick Karch's name because, you know, whether or not you like mentioning Mick Karch, something like this, it gets people's attention. But, I, I mean, he, it's like he knew about our podcast and, you know, he was made aware of it. So it's not like I was coming at him from out of left field. And I didn't even mention the pod. I, I think I mentioned it. I'm like, hey, you know, we do the podcast. I'm planning on coming down. You know, what do I have to do to make accommodations in terms of just, you know, getting the hotel and getting, you know, getting everything set up? And then he told me, he's like, hey, we got this podcast collective that we're doing. We'd like for you guys to be a part of it. And I, I was blown away. I'm like, here's a guy that I've only talked to for maybe 10 or 15 minutes. And he's like, hey, do you guys want to come down and, you know, talk about your podcast, kind of tell everybody what it is that you do and, and why you do it. So, I mean, I was absolutely, when he offered the invitation, I was like, absolutely. So, you know, you and I coordinated, and again, we had plans for George to, to come with us, but again, unfortunately it didn't happen because of, you know, unforeseen circumstances. But we went down there, and I want to say there were maybe, what do you say, seven or eight of us, seven or eight podcasts or so, Um but we got a chance to meet other people in the podcasting business and just got a chance to talk to a lot of really cool people and, and were made aware of, of their brand. But to me, being down there and being able to talk about it, it was so great. Like people, so many people had questions about the podcast. You know, there were, I mean, and we'll probably get to this here in a minute, but there were a lot of people that already knew about the podcast. Yeah. They knew about it, but for us to be there and be able to kind of tell people about it was really, it was, it was incredible, Nick. It, it really was. It was very humbling. I very much, uh, I very much enjoyed the, the podcast where, yeah, they were very respectful. They gave us a lot of time and there you can see, you know, you and I, I think, I think more of the wrestling related questions were to you. A lot of the technical questions were to me, Yeah, yeah. but I, I feel like we did. I feel like we were given more than ample opportunity to to talk about our story, and, and it was great. It was absolutely awesome. One thing I would say about us and the other podcasts, and everybody, I thought presented their product very, very well. Explained what their what the gist of their show yeah. was. I mean, this is, this might be my this might be my favorite picture. I believe Sam was asking us a question. Oh where, yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. I, 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 lo I love Mick. I got to admit, I, I think this is our This is my favorite picture because I feel like, and, and Joyce Paul State, I, I got to say Joyce did a great job with the pictures. Give her all the credit in the world. 
this was about, I feel about as good a picture as I've seen the entire weekend. Yeah. And, and I think it kind of exemplified just how we felt about being there. Um, the, the point that I was making about the podcasts themselves, and again, everybody put themselves over to the hilt. Um, and these are great podcasts, you know, some that I knew about already, some that I did not know. But what I did learn, and it, it's not even a learning process, it's emphasizing what I already knew, is that the podcast that you're listening to right now, ladies and gentlemen, the AWA Unleashed, has its niche. And its niche is, we're talking about an AWA that no other podcasts are talking about. I mean, that, that's what we wanted to do in the first place. Yeah. We're not going to ignore the new school by any stretch of the imagination. But the history of the AWA, nobody else is talking about it. And some of the questions that I got and just listening to the others and even the other podcasters were paying really close attention to what we talk about, to what our subject matter is. So in that respect, it was just great. Uh, we had a very, very interesting question uh, that was asked by one of the audience members about if you could have somebody on the podcast that you've mm -hmm. not had already, who would you want it to be? And I didn't mention anybody specifically, but just kind of getting off on a, a little, little side note here, a little uh, pit stop, I have said, and I will say this to our audience again, if somebody is going to be on our podcast, not only are they going to have at least some lineage, some link to the AWA, but we don't want anybody that is going to revise history. We don't want anybody on the podcast that is not going to be mm -hmm. upfront and, and tell it the way it was, whether it was in a humorous vein or what have you. We're not going to, we're not going to do that. Um, because if we sit back and we let somebody kind of bullshit their way through, okay, if we sit there and don't say anything, then people are going to say, well, why didn't you call them on that? It, it's a, it's a no-win situation. It and is. To, and to yeah. kind of piggyback off of that, Mick, there are individuals out there, they're like, hey, why don't you get so-and-so on? Why don't you get so-and-so on? But believe me, there, there are a lot of people that we are working on, we're in communication with. Some yeah. of them will work and some of them may not work. And it's all, I, I wish that we could explain kind of the, the reasoning why some people will and won't work, but yeah, just rest assured to kind of piggyback off of your point, Mick, we see a lot of the names that people are talking about. And believe me, we've, our, our text chain between the three of us is extensive about how we can try and, and get these people on without circumventing and compromising the integrity of the program. And, and, that, and that's, that's going to be hard. That's exactly it. And, and there are some names, and again, we won't mention them, but there's a lot of them out there um, that people will say, well, that would, this guy would be a natural to get on yeah. the show. No, not necessarily. Because again, the gist of our show without going deep into everybody's closet and revealing maybe the deep, dark secrets, we try to be open and honest. We, we yeah. tell stories that nobody else is telling. And I don't want to go head to head and call a guy and say, Hey, you know what? You're bullshit. You know, don't say that on the air because that's not true. You don't want to get adversarial with somebody, but the flip side, you don't want to sit there like, Oh boy. You know, and, and listen to the, to the BS. 
that's one reason. And I get, I know we're getting off on kind of a tangent. No, I mean, we, we still got, you know, we still got about a half hour. I mean, we have yeah. plenty of time. The other thing is about getting people on our show. And I, I promise you, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to get back to Waterloo. Another thing is some people, and I will not mention names, there's no need to, maybe feel that their star power or what used to be star power translates into you want me on your show i i've been away from the business for you know 25 30 years but i'm going to charge you a thousand dollars if you'd like to use my name on your show no uh i i I don't think that's going to happen we want people on this show who genuinely are happy that they were a part of the wrestling business that want to tell their stories to the fans that are interested in not only their character but the history of the business so bottom line if you're if you're going to bs or if you're going to charge an arm and a leg you know for the opportunity for us to put you over it's not going to happen well i I think i think the sidebar mick i I think it was important to take the two or three minutes just to kind of explain that because i I don't want people to feel like we're ignoring any suggestions i mean right right yeah we 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 definitely see them logistically some of it just won't work and and maybe down the road it will but you mentioned we we're going to live our life in this positive headspace and we, we want this to be a positive experience we don't want it to be chore we don't want it to be job we don't want you to feel like you're obligated uh, we want people that want to be on here and, and that want to be a part of it because i just i have a good feeling about this podcast based on what i've heard from people this weekend they have a good feeling about it and there's a certain vibe that we have and, and we want to keep that going one thing that I would say too, Chris, and and again, th- this again is piggybacking on exactly what you what you were getting across here. We want to keep the positive vibe. Too many people, when they look at the AWA, and this would be your generation, you know. Unfortunately, I mean, in, in terms of you know, number wise, only remember the declining years of the AWA. Mm-hmm. They weren't there. They don't did not experience what the glory days of the AWA. They certainly didn't experience the backstage nonsense that was going on. So me personally, growing up, living and breathing AWA, I don't want the last couple, three years of the AWA to be what people are fixated on. And that, and that doesn't mean we're going to ignore it because we're not. It was part of the AWA's yeah. history. There was a beginning and an end, so you can't ignore it. Yeah, I, I want to. I, I oh, sorry, I just, just want to kind of you piggyback, piggyback, piggyback off of that. And, and this kind of goes into th- this weekend that when we were walking around, there were a lot of people that are my age. I'm, I'm 47, and my experiences with the AWA were yeah, mid to late 80s to the end. And to me, I don't look at that as being awful. Because I didn't know it at the time, right? To me, that was wrestling. That was the AWA. I can look at it now and I can be like, okay, well, it wasn't great. I'm not going to look at it and say, God, I was, I was piss poor. That was awful. It might be that to those that have a, uh, a larger scope of it. But there were a lot of people this weekend, Mick, that stopped us and were like, hey, I listened to the podcast. I think it's great. You know, thank you for what you're doing. And a lot of them were in my age group. Like there were a lot of people that are my age that are interested in this, which tells me that 
there is a certain percentage of people out there that do remember that era. And it might not, it's, we don't remember it unfavorably. And I know that you might and others might, but we don't have the, 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 the you know, what, 50 plus years to hang our head, the 30 plus years, whatever. We don't have that time frame. But I was blown away by how many people stopped us this weekend that, that you know, my age group and be like, man, I, I love it. I just, you know, thank you for what you do. And so I feel like there are a lot of people out there that are, are more like me than what I realized. Well, and, and for me, this is an opportunity to share whatever knowledge or whatever I've experienced with the AWA. It, it's hard for me to reconcile that the AWA has been closed down for as long as it was in existence. Well, that I mean, you, you did it. Yeah, I mean, well, you did it, though. I mean, let's be honest. You really like, did it. I, I mean, it, it, it's crazy to think that the AWA ran from 1960 effectively to 1991, you yeah. know, that 31-year period, and we've been shut down for that same 31-year period. So, uh, and there's not a lot of history about the AWA talked about. And there's a guy, I, I want to talk about him. Thank you for putting that picture up. That is Chris Owens. And if fans have watched the, the WWE series on the Lost Treasures and, you know, when guys are trying to find their merchandise or whatever else, he is the purveyor of the greatest Andre the Giant wrestling memorabilia collection far and away. It's not yes. close. I mean, this guy, he's got his own museum of the real honest-to-God collectible stuff it's, it's incredible uh, it's incredible what he's got like i, I yeah i mean you, you just, believe you, you know and, and he's he's been a friend of ours a, a friend of mine you know i've known him for a few years but i'm glad you put that picture up because we want to kind of single him out for a second because in the responses that people have put up on facebook and social media about our presence at the waterloo hall of fame Chris was so incredibly complimentary, not only to George and I, to yourself, to the podcast, uh, you know, and he says, you know, he listens to any number of podcasts and we, you know, we don't want this to be a, a pat on the back session for us, but Chris, I can't thank you enough for your kind words. You know, you get it. You understand what we're trying to do and talk about being put over by a guy. Mm -hmm. I, we couldn't ask for more than than what Chris gave us. Yeah, absolutely. And we're, we're all, the thing is like everybody that was there, right? We're all in the same community. We're, yeah. we're all fans at heart. We, we have different things. And you mentioned that Chris has got, I mean, it's, it's incredible the amount of knowledge that he's got about Andre and all of his, his memorabilia. And to, to be able to connect with somebody like that was also, I mean, there are stories like that, that abound from the weekend in water. Yeah, it, it was absolutely great. And again, you know, Chris, thank you so much for putting us over. We really, really appreciate it. And, and so many of the people that we saw down there were absolutely. so complimentary. So now we're going to go on to what I think was was a screw job. If you thought that the Montreal screw job was something, I'm talking about the trivia contest. <laughs> no, no, you know, I mean... We can laugh about it now in hindsight. Oh, can I? Oh, okay. But I, I don't know 
I don't know how many teams were involved in this trivia contest that they had at the uh, at the Best Western Bar uh, for the big uh, the big conference after after the matches, but there was a trivia contest and and we were entered in and it was you and I and Jim Pouquet and Joyce Poston and Woody Perkins mm -hmm. and the questions were primary, I would say 99% of 99.9% were modern day questions. Yes. And we held our own. And you know, for this old fart here, I did pretty well answering the modern day questions. There was one question, one about the AWA in that whole, you know, couple hours we were there, but somewhere along the line, I think we got screwed. Now there was a, a point tally I'm not sure where or who the judges were, but we finished in second place. You know, normally second place, hey, that's great. You know, win, place, show, whatever. But but I think our reputation, there there we are. There's the number two team. We're number two. We are number two. You're, you're damn right. And a proud number two. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and, and it's not that the prizes were lacking. Oh, I, you you know, said we, proud number two. <laughs> there was a, a, a $20 gift certificate to the museum, which I graciously handed to Joyce. Mm -hmm. uh, you got a koozie, I believe, out of the deal. What, yeah, what yeah, uh, uh, visor and a shot glass. Visor and a shot glass. Yes. And we got a koozie and a $20 gift certificate to the museum. That's not bad. That's great stuff. But I'm telling you, somewhere along the line, somebody was doctoring those numbers because I'm quite sure that we won, except for that one effing question, how many times has the WWE 24-7 championship changed hands? It's not even a real title. It, it, you know, it's, it's not. It's not, a, it's not even a real title. And it's, it's like pick a number between one of a thousand. You know, it, it's just like that, that question absolutely set me back on my heels, plus the question that they threw in there, who hosted Saturday night at ringside in Minneapolis back in the 1980s? That was a ringer question. And I can't believe you, you, you didn't even get that one right. I didn't get it right. And how's anybody going to get it right? It's such an obscure moment in time. Some clown, some dweeb, some troll dweeb. or gnome, some little gnome having a, having a good time on television <laughs> back in his own hometown. But anyway, all kidding aside, yeah. the, the, the trivia part was just great. Uh, it, it was another another portion of the Waterloo Hall of Fame mm -hmm. that uh, I, I can't in encourage people enough. You know, they do it every year. Waterloo's an awfully warm place to be in the summertime, especially yeah. if you're going in that hallway between the convention center and the hotel. Yeah, we did. We didn't go near much water in Waterloo. Let me say that. No, I, no, no. I, I thought I thought you were going to talk about the um, the young lady that decided that she was going to chime in and wanted to be part of our team. Oh yeah, uh, we'll give her we'll give her a mention. Uh, there was a there was a lady sitting a couple of tables from us and let's her, her competitive juices were on, on they were flowing. Yeah. Uh, she did not like the fact that we were getting answers to the trivia question. Correct. Nor did she like the fact that, you know, how dare you text your wife, Chris Tubbs in the middle of this trivia 
So he, Chris is, is texting his wife to see how their, their daughter is doing at home and everything else as a good husband and father should. He's checking in. And this behind us, you're cheating. You're cheating. You're looking up the answers on Wikipedia. Well, first of all, Wikipedia doesn't have the right answers. Secondly, you know what? Sit down and shut up because we knew the answers. The woman had the audacity when I turned around and looked at her to say, this doesn't concern you turn around. You know what? It does concern me. And it's not going to be so easy to get me to turn around. And damn it, we finished number two. Where did you finish? And I will say that there was one where the one AWA question was, uh, what was the parent company of the AWA? Correct. I think you might have been the only one to get that because you and Joyce immediately knew it. Uh And, And I think you know, I think she was barking at us over something like that. And, and I think like several of us looked at her. We're like, the company was on his paycheck. And I think you were like, I worked for the company, but she had no idea. Like you knew it because you worked for them. And the great thing was like the next day at the podcast symposium, guess who's sitting in the front with the AWA. Bing, bang, boom. So I, I don't know. I just, not that I wanted to bury her, but lady, you, you gotta know, you know, well, take a seat. Sorry. Uh, Sorry. The, and, and for those who are wondering, the parent company of the AWA, of course, was the Minneapolis Boxing and Wrestling Club, which yes. we got right. I think her answer, Dairy Queen, was, was not correct. <laughs> so that may have been. Yeah, she knew a lot about Dairy Queen. See now, she, there, she there, there, I, there, I go. Not you know, living my head in a, my my in a head space. So I, uh, it was, it it was great. And you know what? Let, let's give a uh, let's give a quick shout out to our uh, our bunkmate and our buddy uh, Jim Pouquet, who came along uh, for the ride. Not only a great wrestling fan, but my God. You talk about a, a Minnesota sports fan aficionado. Oh, dude, totally. Oh, my God. So it was great having Jim with us. And, and again, sorry, George couldn't make it. But like you said, uh, real life sometimes gets in the way. Um, yes. Now, my question to you is, are you planning now that you've had the experience, your virgin voyage mm-hmm. uh, to the uh, Hall of Fame? Are you going to make it an annual event? Well, I mean, you know, I, I have to now. It was so good. It, it didn't hurt too much. So, yeah, I, I have to go down again. Uh, but no, it, I it was, see what it, you did there. Yeah, I, 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 yeah. I, I, I will definitely. Uh, I know that the and I saw that you were talking to somebody on Facebook that the weekends have a tendency to change. So I'm going to I'm definitely going to try and block off when I find out when the dates are. And I feel like we kind of have to. Right. I mean, after this after this year, I feel like we have to go down again. And I, I would love to go down again. I, I would absolutely. I didn't get to stick around for the banquet, which I'm a right. little bummed. But again, real life. That's why I was texting my wife during trivia, because I had things outside of that that I was dealing with, too. So um, I will definitely go down again. If you know, if if, if you're willing to, to ride shotgun, I'll go down there again. You know what? And and I guess we were remiss at the very beginning. We should have kind of explained the Hall of Fame itself. You've got two wings. You've got the amateur wrestling wing mm-hmm. of the Hall of Fame, and then you've got the professional 
wrestling wing. And of course, this was more about the pros. Uh, but yeah. you go into that museum and you look at the memorabilia and I mean, this is this is collectible stuff. This isn't a wrestling magazines from the 1990s. You're talking about their old ring robes and, and autographed ring bells and championship belts and the real deal. It's like under lock and key behind glass. This, yeah. uh, this is uh, it. the whole experience was just tremendous. Um, looking forward to I encourage everybody, if you have a chance to go down there, please do. You will not regret it especially when you walk in there it's like you finally made it to the land of oz you know the emerald city all all of a sudden opens mm -hmm. up when you go there one quick story i want to tell about our friend baron von raschke uh baron of course was there and i'm telling you i don't know of anybody at his age that is still as popular as he was 30 years ago. Oh, people love Baron. Oh, my God. Everywhere we go, every wrestling event, when the Baron is there, people gather around him. He's he's the Pied Piper. But at any rate, you know, and the Baron has a very dry sense of humor. For those who, who don't know the Baron personally, you know, he's not the uh, he's not the, the gruff shouting, you know, that's all the people need to know guy that you see on television. Baron's a, a pretty soft-spoken guy. So... I believe it was the day we were leaving and this was in the morning and I see Baron mm -hmm. he's over by the elevators he's kind of meandering a little bit. So I assumed that he was looking for where the breakfast area was. And I tried to be helpful. You know me. I mean, that's me. Helpful is my you're, I mean, you're, you're all about everybody else. You're not, I am. I, I, I truly am. I mean, you know, benevolent, you know, almost to a fault, but I, you know, there was a sign pointing to the breakfast area. And I said, Baron, the breakfast area, you go right down this hall. And Baron says, well, thank you, sir. How long have you worked here? <laughs> I, I, uh, I had to turn my, I had to turn my head because uh, I just about burst out laughing. Baron Von Raschke. Uh, so between the Baron and John Nord and Rock oh. Riddle trying to trying to sell me a matchbook cover with his image on it, it was uh, it was quite the weekend. And again, everybody, yeah, I encourage you go down there, enjoy it. Thank you to everybody involved. The hospitality that was shown to us, uh, second to none. Thank yeah. you, thank you, thank you. Yeah, I, I do want to say that here, here's one, and oh. Charlie Thez, Lou Thez's widow, and one of the names that's on there. I, You talk about somebody who was just super gracious and super thankful that we were down there honoring and remembering, you know, her late husband. It, it just was absolutely, it was incredible to, sh to see the outpouring and the appreciation from people, Mick, that we got. But but here's uh, another one that I want to go ahead and uh, see if I can uh, bring it up here. Um, when we first got there, you know, I, I'm not really nervous, but I'm like, okay, I, I don't really know what to expect. Within about, what, five minutes of walking into the bar, we see this individual. Oh, there right she is. There, that, put, that put me completely at ease because she remembered you 
she remembered me and, and it was it was incredible like seeing Barbara Goodish right out of the gate um it, you know with you know JJ Dillon got a chance to meet him and and his daughter and you know it, it was just it was such that put me at ease so the people that are there Mick are so welcoming and I think that's kind of to go back to to maybe tie it all together it really was a different experience and it's thankful that you're there because you're honoring history and it's it's hard to replicate that sort of environment when you've never been in it before what i would say people don't want to replicate if they go down there Mm -hmm. you do not want to replicate going into joey joey's Scarfing down, well, I don't know, between 18 and 20 slices of pizza and breadsticks mm-hmm. and a couple of Pepsis and then going back to the hotel and trying to go to sleep. Um, it, it not, just, not good? Not good? Not good at all. I mean, it, in the first place, my stomach was so expansive that uh, somebody asked me, <laughs> well, ma'am, when are you due? The other <laughs> part of it is... Uh, I had enough gas where I could have gotten us back to Minneapolis, you know, on oh, a yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm aware. Oh, yeah, you, you, you kind of did suffer through that. but Yeah, we did. But but in, in your defense to all that pizza, you did have to – you did have to get your money's worth. And by the way, you know why you had gas? Because it wasn't 7th Avenue pizza. If you would have had a 7th Avenue pizza, that is the best-tasting frozen pizza on the market and you tell me about it. Tell me more about seventh Avenue. You can cook it in such a way that it doesn't even taste frozen. And I mean, believe me, I'm a huge fan. I've got body by pizza. Okay. BBP, right. Body by pizza. That's what I have. But again, you, you, you check it out there. Lucky seven is to chef's kiss. They've got a meatball and pepperoni. I mean, the best thing to do, is actually have a Seventh Avenue pizza, wear your AWA Unleashed shirt, or you know anything from Soda Stick, because I'm you know repping Soda Stick right here because it's good quality shiznit, and it's great. I mean that is the best way to enjoy AWA Unleashed. So yes, Seventh wow. Avenue pizza. I guarantee you, if you come over to my place and you have Seventh Avenue pizza, you won't feel the way that you felt after Doughy Joey's. I've never been. And no, and, no, and, no, and no disrespect to Joey Joey. Joey Joey's was great, but it's no Seventh Avenue pizza. I, I, I've never been invited to your place. I know you live in a gated community, you know, and I, I see the sign as I'm approaching there, you know, uh, off the highway, you know, Chris Tubbs, Esquire, you know, and all of a sudden there's a police <laughs> presence and everything else. You can't get near your joint. I mean, the, the, seriously, nobody. No, the, the, the big CT on the gate, and uh, I mean, I've got. I got Jeeves outside, and I mean, if you need, Jeeves. If you need yeah, that's what that's what I call him. You know, if you got a question, you can ask Jeeves. <laughs> oh boy! Well, have we sufficiently BSed our way through about fifty minutes of this program? Yeah, fifty-one-ish. You know, I loved it. You know, and and again, ladies and gentlemen, thanks to everybody at the Hall of Fame. Thank you, Troy and Chad and everybody involved. Becca, it it was. It was outstanding. So, a couple of shout-outs, huh? Yeah, let's uh, let's do the shout-out here, buddy boy. You uh, you go first. My shout-out is to a good friend, Woody Perkins. 
and Woody has the the honor and the distinction of being a close personal ally and partner to uh, Joyce Postum, mm-hmm. uh, the world's greatest wrestling photographer. And Woody is such a quiet, unassuming guy. When we're sitting there tossing our bullshit back and forth, Woody's on the other side of the table, just a little smirk on his face, just watching us. He's minding his own business, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, Woody, great guy. Your wife is beyond. So, thanks, guys. Yeah, she is absolutely awesome. Yeah, Woody, he he didn't say a lot, but then again, when you've got, you know, you and me and Joyce, and I mean, it's kind of hard to get a word in edgewise. Absolutely. Yeah, because we're a bunch of big mouths. But I mean that in the nicest way. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, Matty Montcalm. I just met him for the first time this weekend. Uh, he's at Wrestling W Class on Twitter. Dude's absolutely phenomenal. One of the nicest guys I met. I, he just he was always coming up with a handshake and putting your arm around you, and, you know, saying, "Hey, man, how you doing? What's going on?" And, like, you could not get away from him. But it was in a good way. Like he was everywhere. And you, you talk about a guy that loves the business and loves to talk about the business. And is just just one of the most enjoyable, positive people to be around that I met the entire weekend. Uh Maddie, man, you you're as the kids would say, you're the you're the bomb.com. It was great. And I can't I can't put him over enough for just his if you didn't know where you were at, if you didn't know what was going on, you saw Matt always had a smile on his face and you knew that you were going to be fine. No matter what, even if you didn't, you're like, I I don't know what's going on here. You know what? I saw Matt. Everything's at ease. So everything's at ease. You know what? I had mentioned Joyce uh, just a second ago and you and I have talked, we have got to get her on this podcast and we will, um, she grew up in AWA country in Davenport and talk about official photographer. She has a collection of some of the greatest wrestling photos that she took from Mm -hmm. ringside and in the locker rooms and, you know, restaurants, whatever. And she's going to share those with us, hopefully somewhere down the road on this program, because it, it is just, it's phenomenal. And so is she. And to everybody, once again, um, thank you so very much i'm just getting over the doughy joey uh, i'll be all right I should that's that's the best picture i think she's ever taken by the way well it might yeah it it, it very well could except she probably could have cropped that guy in the blue shirt out you know and probably made it you know yeah here worth me, something uh, on the on ebay yeah that, yeah that looks that looks better that way okay thanks for agreeing with me that about it for today pal I think so. So uh, next week, hey, we've got a fun little, uh, in the next couple minutes, we've got a fun little thing uh, going on in the next couple of weeks about tag teams. But I do want to tell you as well, I mentioned Soda Stick. Yeah. Uh, you guys, if, if you haven't gotten your AWA Unleashed swag, definitely do. Uh, because we've got the white t-shirts that have the blue and the red. If we're not sold out, we're getting really, really close to selling out, you guys. Uh, so I, I'm I'm being serious. I'm not to be like oh, limited time offer. No, like when these are gone, they're gone. I don't think we're going to be making anymore. So once we're once these are done, the first run limited edition T-shirts uh, are going to be gone. So to stick co.com, um, AWA Unleashed. You can look at that. And also 
because I mean, let's be honest, we're only a couple months away from, you know, fall. So if you're looking for, uh, you know, something comfortable to wear, you can get your uh, personalized hoodie. Uh, you can put your name, whatever you want, your gimmick, you know, just put it on the inside, actually on the outside of the, uh, of the hoodie. Again, um, use the promo code unleashed for 15% off. So you got that. So we get soda stick. I mean, you can wear, again, you can wear your, your swag. You can wear your hoodie, wear your t-shirt, have some seventh Avenue pizza, sit there and watch AWA unleashed and coming up over the next three weeks, we're going to be dealing with tag teams. Uh, the, The next week is going to be tag team champions. And I'm going to ask, we already did a show on tag teams, but these are going to be about tag team champions from 60 to 74. After that, it's going to be 75 to, to 90. And then the week after, uh, Mick kind of tell us in about a minute or so uh, who we've got to kind of tie everything together on our uh, coming up in three weeks. Well, you know, we, we actually have uh, several people, but one guy that we're going to talk about was part of the Texas Hangman. And that is our good buddy, Mike Moran. And I, I wanted to get Mike on the show in the dying days of the AWA, the Texas hangmen were a shining light, you know, along with Blumeninas. Uh, they were right up there. And uh, Pat Tanaka, Paul Diamond. Mike is a great guy. And he started out as an enhancement guy in the AWA using the name Mike Richards. And then, of course, he evolved into uh, putting on the hood and becoming one of the Texas hangmen. He's going to be a great guest. Yeah, And uh, to go along with it, this is going to be particularly special for me. I've told you why. And when Mike comes on, you guys are going to know why that episode is going to be very, very personal to me. You'll find out in three weeks. Till then. By, by the way, wait a minute. By the way, I just it just hit me what we should have done for that trivia contest. What? The screw job. We should have called in Earl Hebner. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You screwed up the screw job.